Hello, everyone, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast, brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we're very happy to have a return guest back with us uh, from the previous two seasons and a Muppet fan, pal, and Tough Pigs contributor. Who is that? Hi, um, I'm Evan, also from Tough Pigs, uh, and from the uh, infamous Talking Houses uh, Twitter account. <laughs> oh, yes. I hope everyone is following this account. What is the Twitter handle? Uh, I haven't updated it in a while, so I'm going to have to. Um, this Me talking about it here on air is going to be what reminds me that I need to update it. <laughs> it is um, at Muppet Houses, all one word. Okay. And yeah, I, I probably everybody listening to this knows, but Talking Houses, that was uh, a sketch on the first season of The Muppet Show with uh, Muppet Houses making really stupid jokes, and it did not last beyond the first season, probably for a reason. And now <laughs> there is an entire Twitter account devoted to uh, recapturing the magic of the Talking Houses. <laughs> You don't have to be Jerry Jewell to recapture the magic of the talking houses. <laughs> so, so actually, as we're this will be way out of date by the time this comes out. But as we're recording, I it's May fourth, so I actually have a pitch for a topical talking houses joke that you should put oh, on, the, on the site. Okay, my nephew has sand everywhere. Oh, is he Anakin Skywalker? No. He's Tatooine. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> I feel like we can do a little better. We can workshop it. Could he be? Right. Could the nephew be the cantina? Or he like, should be right. He should be a building. A building. Right? Although, yeah, he's got to be a building. I, I feel like in the Star Wars universe, planets are kind of houses. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like Dagobah, like, the whole planet is Yoda's house. Right, exactly. Where does Yoda live? Dagobah. There's, yeah. there's Fair. nowhere more specific because there is nothing more specific. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where, what are the? Are there any cities on on Dagobah? You know, I'm, I'm sure maybe, there are many details I'm sure about it on, if we, on Wikipedia. If we read the lore, yeah. If we wanted to look, if we 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 can find it in canon and or legends if yes, we wanted to. It's all out there. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about. Minutes 69 and 70 of The Muppets Take Manhattan, in which Kermit's doctor confirms a diagnosis of amnesia. And we start off uh, continuing this long shot uh, following the doctor down the hallway of the hospital. And as the doctor enters the room, the camera swings over to reveal the patient in the bed. That is Kermit the Frog. Now, the last time we saw him... He was on the street, like, all, you know, twisted and, and injured, and we felt very sorry for him. And now, like, he still looks really, he, he looks very small on this bed, which I think you kind of feel sorry for him just looking at him. Yeah, well, I think also, um, and I guess you were just about to say this, the doctor says, um, how's our amnesia patient? Yes. Which is, like, a very efficient way to establish that Kermit is not physically injured. It right? is. That's true. Yeah, he's not he's wearing like, a cast or he's in, in traction or anything like that. Yeah, which, yeah that would we would have felt much worse for him. But right, but instead he's just like, you know, a, li a little groggy. Right? Isn't yeah. that what he says? He's yeah. So he's I think physically all right. Which is which is of course you know 
interesting because like it's one of those things where like the Muppets, I mean, they're not literally cartoon characters, but they're kind of like cartoon characters. So we wouldn't yeah. expect Kermit to be, you know, in traction because of a, being hit by a car. You know, yeah. and we've we've seen other things hit him over the years, him get thrown through walls and stuff and 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 been okay. Right. Right. It's a very interesting thing with this premise specifically, I think, because they kind of have it both ways. Uh when we see him, or actually we don't actually see the moment where the car makes impact, but when he gets hit by the car, the stakes are supposed to be really high. It's a very dramatic moment and we're supposed to feel like it's very serious. But then that does lead into this scene, which eventually becomes very funny and silly and cartoonish. So, Well, it's kind of, you know, the weird fine line that this movie walks. Uh, and I think you guys have spoken about it a little on the podcast before. But it's it's this idea that this is like, quote unquote, the realistic Muppet movie, but only as realistic as a Muppet movie can be. But it's a little right. more grounded than some of the other ones. Right. right. But it so still the, has a so bunch the, of talking penguins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But yeah, the difference is in this grounded, realistic Muppet movie, when Kermit gets hit by a car, he goes to the hospital and has to like be examined by a doctor. Yes. In the Muppet movie, he almost gets run over by a steamroller and jumps onto the steamroller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then makes, Which, a, oddly and enough, then makes a joke. Was the Muppet movie episode I was on? Oh, oh that's weird. right. Yeah, that was early on. Yeah, I was one of your first guests. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're here for all of Kermit's traffic accidents. Vehicular uh, incidents, yeah. yes. I was actually here right before, right when Gonzo was about to jump in the way of a taxi cab <laughs> as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, we cut off right before, right? Like, it was like, yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, so awesome. now I'm thinking, I, 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 there are no cars in Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, there aren't going to be cars so, again until Muppets from Space. So uh, I'll see you in three years. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to figure we'll something out. We'll see, you, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see you when hippie Steve Whitmire gives Bunsen and Beaker a ride to the beach. Yeah. Far out, Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody gets hit by like a horse-drawn carriage or anything in, in Christmas Carol or Treasure Island. Too bad. No, I mean, we like, you know, Rizzo gets beat up quite a lot in Muppet Christmas That's Carol, true. Yeah. We'll nothing vehicular. Out. Uh, so yes, uh, Kermit is uh, in this hospital bed. He's he's tucked in and propped up on these pillows. He's wearing a hospital gown. I, I, it's lucky, I guess, that they had one in his size. Um, <laughs> hospital gowns, of course, terrible if you've ever had to wear one. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor says good morning, and she's happy that he's had his breakfast. Uh, the doctor is played by Linda Lavin. Now, who is Linda Lavin? Well, Linda Lavin is the st- like I I, f- I know she's done a lot of stage work and stuff, but the short answer is that she's the star of the sitcom Alice. Yes, she played the she titular pl- Alice. She played the titular Alice, who was a waitress at a diner called Mel's Diner. So not that different from Pete's Luncheonette, really. Hmm. Um, in name name wise, same genre of name, and um, that show ran for nine years. Yeah. And it was just about to start its ninth and final season when this movie came out. So she was the star of a of a oh, somewhat past its prime hit sitcom at the time of this movie. Yeah, and, I, I guess I've always thought of when I when I watch this movie, I, I think of her as like the former star of Alice. But yeah, that's funny. At the time, the show was actually still on. Yeah, it was still on. Um, 
And she was on the Muppet Show. We should mention that she's yeah. She is she is our fourth and final Muppet Show guest star. Yes, in, in a movie. previous episode, we uh, misspoke and said that there were only three Muppet Show guest stars in this movie, and that they were uh, Liza Minnelli, James Coco, and Brooke Shields. But we were wrong. There are four, and Linda Lavin is number four. And and Linda Lavin's episode is is a terrific episode. It's the it one is. where they celebrate Kermit's birthday. Yes, where Piggy and the, the cast surprise Kermit with a special show. For his birthday, uh, Linda Lavin sings a couple songs, and she gets turned into a sandwich in the cold open. So that's fun. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, she also she did a lot of stage work, as you mentioned. She won a Tony for the play Broadway Bound. And in looking her up for this, I just learned that she was in the original cast of the Broadway musical It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. She was Lois, right? No, she was... Actually, oh. I forgot to note what, what character she played. It was not a like a... a uh, a regular Superman character that I was familiar oh, with. Oh, okay. But, oh, okay. Um, but that's cool. And she's still working actively. She, in the past decade, she has several IMDb credits, um, recurring roles on the shows, Sean saves the world, the good wife and Santa Clarita diet. And she has a credit for the upcoming, uh, being the Ricardos, this movie about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, which, oh, is uh, that right? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know who she's playing, but, um, people may have heard of this because recently there was a, a some pop culture website tweeted a picture of Nicole Kidman on the set and said, Nicole Kidman is the spitting image of Lucille Ball on the set of this new movie. And many people pointed out that Nicole Kidman was not actually the spitting image of Lucille Ball. But No, but she had she had red hair. <laughs> yeah, and they That's... they they kind of gave her like an old fashioned fifties Lucy hairdo. So Yeah. Close um, enough, I, I, I guess. I, as long as we're talking about Linda Lavin's credits and especially her recent credits, she was also on the sitcom nine JKL, which I never saw. I saw a credit for that. What is that? That was, a, I don't know exactly what it was. I know that uh, it was a sitcom and she and Elliot Gould were both regulars on it. Oh, so two, two cameos from this movie. Wow. And that the title of the program was nine JKL, which sounds like, like, uh, you know, Automatic password, like, yeah. Like I was thinking, like an automatic password that a website. Well, gets it, you. like a, what a it sounds time. like is the uh, Monsterpiece Theater parody name of a sitcom that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, about the number <laughs> yeah. nine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, so uh, yeah, I guess it was uh, based on Mark Feierstein's real life marriage. Oh, that's all. That's all I can. That's Good all doesn't tell us what 9JKL means. Uh, okay, here, I'm going to read it off Wikipedia. Josh Roberts, a divorced actor whose TV series was recently canceled, moves back to New York City and lives in apartment 9K. His family lives in adjacent apartments. His parents live in 9J, while his brother, sister-in-law, and their newborn baby live in 9L. Mm. So there you go. And of that course, still the, doesn't uh, make it a good title. No. Like, you can explain <laughs> it, but... <laughs> Yeah, terrible title. What's um, the character's name? Josh Roberts. Mm, yeah, I, I was trying to think, yeah. like, could they have called it, like, Hallway Full of Robertses or something like that? But they Josh, um, they should have called it Malcolm in the Middle and renamed <laughs> him Malcolm. Yes. And... <laughs> yes, but uh, but his parents were, of course, Elliot Gould and Linda Lavin. So nice. Good, good for them to be to get a short-lived regular series gig, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, so I've never seen um, Alice because it ended long before uh, I was born. 
but um she's got great comedic timing in this scene yes, you know absolutely. i I, mm-hmm. I could tell that she was she was a real like a real professional yeah I sure. believe Alice airs occasionally on I want to say Antenna TV. Yeah, or- well, you know when I here's here's how different cable was in the early nineties. Yeah, when I was a little kid, Alice reruns were on E every day. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I I know I've come across it at some point in my life, but it's been a while. Um, yeah, but like because it was uh, never on Nick at Night or like that was the main place I would see old. Sitcoms. Yeah, that's that was no. you know again I watched Nick at Night when I was a kid. Right. I'm not but, that but, much younger than you guys, but right, um, right. But I mean, like, like it was on E every morning, a yeah. channel that now is like the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Channel. Right. Yeah. yeah. E used you to know? be good. E used to show yeah a lot of interesting yeah. old stuff, and they wouldn't. And there was an episode of Alice with George Burns in it, and uh, the character Vera, who was one of the other waitresses. And was kind of a Gracie Allen type. Got to do Gracie-ish material with George Burns, oh. and that was that was an exciting one for me as a kid. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, and George Burns was on the Muppet Show, and George Burns was on the Muppet Show, indeed. Yeah, yeah, and so was Linda Lavin, who plays the Doctor, and she approaches Kermit, who says, "Hi, Doctor." She asks how our amnesia patient is doing. As we mentioned, that's great uh, exposition. He says. I don't know. I haven't been feeling like myself lately. So she wants to check his reflexes. So she rolls so, down the sheets. Oh, what's that? Well, can we talk about Kermit's delivery of that line? Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so funny. Well, because like we, we get to hear so many different Kermits in this movie, right? That's true. Uh, yeah, there was there was one guest you guys had on a few months ago who was talking about how this movie is almost kind of confusing to a small child because it's like there's four Kermits or whatever. Yeah, right. right. But um, I can't remember who it was. Um, I I wish I could remember, but... But um, it's it's funny because, like... And it's, you know, Jim Henson was one of, you know, the best in the biz, if not the best in the biz. But, like, he really is performing this as a different character you know with a completely alien delivery and and even tone but still enough that you can believe that it's it's kermit you know in in another condition it's not like a completely different voice like dr teeth or you know or or something like that yeah although i feel like he does and and maybe it's just the laugh when he when she plays with his feet but I feel like there's a little more Ernie than usual. The laugh, <laughs> the laugh is one hundred percent Ernie's laugh. Right, I was actually yeah, yeah. going to say that. Yeah, it's it's just the Ernie laugh. Yeah, yeah. It probably but, would have been an easier gag for him to do like a, a sillier voice, or like he had completely lost his personality. But yeah, you're right. It's it's just enough of Kermit that we we buy it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she rolls down the the sheets, and we see Kermit's little spindly frog legs. And she taps his. No, well, no, I was just going to say, I think the sound effect does so much of the work uh, uh, on the reflex test. Just that, like, that, that, like, slappy noise when his flippers hit the bed. Right. So she, she taps <laughs> yeah. his knee with the little hammer thing, which I probably should have looked up to see what the real name of it is. But, uh, so it takes about four and a half seconds for his leg to actually kick after she <laughs> taps it. And, uh, she says, a little slow. Then the other leg kicks, she says, and confused, which, as we said, <laughs> Linda Lavin is, her her timing is perfect, her delivery is perfect. This is just, like, her her demeanor as this character is just what the scene 
needs because you can't have in a scene like this the tone of this comedy you can't have a mel brooks or a joan rivers coming in and playing this as this wacky broad character she's just her her job is to treat this ridiculous scenario as seriously as possible and she does that perfectly right um so yeah the other leg kick she says and confused but that's to be expected because as you know you have amnesia that's so funny that talking about her dry delivery that one is I, yeah because i don't think that's how amnesia works <laughs> no, no right, not at all exactly. like, you don't forget how to have reflexes <laughs> right although her delivery again is so dry that like as a kid i did not realize that was a joke right right at, at all yeah you know? this might be up there with like the the peter falk scene and great muppet caper as far as like just kids do not understand why it's funny yeah although when kermit's flippers start flopping around and she's like when she starts doing all the like moving the puppet around stuff yes, yeah that's you know, like yeah. like when i when i watched this with my own kids not too long ago they they both thought that was really funny yeah that's a little sillier um yeah but i just like also the the sound effect is, is funny but then <laughs> kermit's reaction when the other leg kicks is like he, he seems genuinely startled by it like he he kind of just whips his head back and forth between his two legs like he's trying to figure out what's going on there um this reminded me of a sesame street segment where grover is getting a checkup have you ever seen this uh, like i'm sure I, I'm, health I minute. I'm sure i have but i'm 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 blanking it's and not i i was mind. so sure that they did the same gag again with with the delayed reaction of the reflexes so i went and found it on youtube and it doesn't happen it's just a very they play it totally straight the doctor hits Grover's uh, knee with the thing and it, his leg kicks and that's it. It's, it's surprisingly, I guess not you funny. don't want to scare a kid about but, doctors. Yes. Like, that's exactly like what it is. Doctor stuff is not where you want to make a joke on Sesame street. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. whole thing is, is Grover explaining to the audience that it doesn't hurt to go to the doctor. So I guess they don't want any of it to seem strange or unfamiliar. So yeah, don't worry, kids, you can go to the doctor. Nothing funny will happen nothing hilarious yeah, although, will happen although i remember being maybe not quite terrified but like baffled and like in awe of the sketch where harry we see harry's x-rays oh that terrified see, yeah. me yeah i mean i remember as a kid just being like what what like <laughs> <laughs> so that's like kermit recruits harry to stand behind an x-ray machine so he can point out his muscles and his bones and stuff yes mm-hmm. yes yeah, and Harry wants to see his own muscles, so also he like leaves, and <laughs> yeah. like it's still it's displaying on the still, still there. Yeah. yeah, that was like incredible to me as a child. Much to <laughs> like, Kermit's, uh, yeah, bewilderment. Yeah, and my aunt and uncle had that one on tape. Mm. So like every time we were over at their house, I was watching that sketch. You know, as part of just saying, I like, must have had it on tape because I remember seeing it a ton. It was, we pro- they probably you probably had the same VHS release as them. Yeah. It, did it also have that sketch where Cookie Monster is a cowboy? I only remember Harry Monster. Oh, okay. Hmm. I remember that being part of it, too. Yeah, I gotta go watch that one again now. But there's also a a moment where Harry eats a cracker, and you see, like, Mm -hmm. the chewed-up cracker go down (laughs) into his stomach. Yeah, what a... Yeah, that is a kind of a weird weird sketch, huh? It's very strange. Yeah. It's also a weird pairing, because 
to have Harry ruin Kermit's lecture. Like yeah. it feels like there's an established cast of people who ruin Kermit's lectures. <laughs> That's <laughs> right, true. and Harry's not one of them. It yeah. would be more obvious for it to be Cookie Monster, but yeah, it seems like only Frank Oz is allowed to ruin Kermit's lectures, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I I always like unusual pairings, though. Sure, I think we should see more of them. Um, like uh, like Kermit and Linda Lavin? Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> so here they are in this scene. Fortunately, we, we did get to see that pairing. Um, so the next thing she wants to do is check for injuries. So she lifts his feet up. This is when he gives that little chuckle that sounds like Ernie because it tickles. She says, now this might hurt for just a minute, but it'll be over soon. And she spreads his legs apart and then pulls them up on either side of his body. It's hard. I, my instinct is to demonstrate visually what she does, but obviously the listeners can't see me, what I'm doing with my hands. But uh, Oh, I and, thought you were going to do it with your legs. I was, I was getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I wish. Maybe if I took yoga. <laughs> anyway, um, it looks very painful. <laughs> but she says, ah, adequate muscular skeleton response. So whatever that means, Kermit's got it. So then she wants him to take a deep breath. She says, this will hurt. He takes a breath. She starts twisting his arm. And she twists it and twists it and twists it. Like, uh, like picture uh, uh, squeezing out a wet rag. It's like It looks like that. And then he starts groaning a little bit. But then she lets go. And the whole thing untwists. And he exhales. She says, all right. No rotator cuff dislocation. I don't know why. I think that's the funniest, the funniest moment in the scene. Like that this is what you have to do to detect that. And like you imagine her trying to do this to people as well. Well, The test is inconclusive. I I could only rotate your arm, you know, five times. (laughs) Although like, I think that is what makes it so funny is how it, she completely acts like she's conducting a routine medical exam. Yes. Like, Every step of the way, she's doing this as though she is on St. Elsewhere. Wait, when this right. is stuff that you obviously can only do to a puppet of a frog. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I also, I, I like the idea that if somebody did have rotator cuff dislocation, you would just do this to them <laughs> to detect it, even though it would probably aggravate that condition quite a bit. But um, but yeah, it's I, I do always love when they do physical comedy, like stuff that you can only do because they're puppets. Um, I think I've mentioned before on this podcast, this Muppet show sketch that I used to hate as a kid. I, and I know I've written about it on the website, this sketch with Peter Sellers and link where Peter Sellers is a masseuse and he stretches links limbs out and like twists them and ties them in knots and rolls them up. And it's, I, I hated that one so much because Link really seems like he's in pain and Peter Sellers character is so sadistic. Like he's really getting a thrill out of just abusing this poor guy. But this is totally different because Kermit is experiencing a little bit of discomfort, but he's fine. He's just, he's just rolling with it. And Linda Lavin is just very matter of fact, like, this is what we do. This is the next thing. I'm a doctor. You know, she's just very, this is just the procedure. (laughs) She's helping. Right. Right. So this one is funny. Uh, next, she tries the mandible. So she squeezes his mouth closed and shoves him against the pillow. 
that's a really funny visual also. I actually, I watched this movie with my mom recently who hadn't seen it in decades. Yeah. And that, that joke for whatever reason was like one of the biggest laughs out of my mom. Ah, just the mandible specifically. Yeah. Was she, was she a big fan of Alice? Uh, you know, she did enjoy Alice. She enjoyed the occasional episode of Alice. Um, but I don't think that's specifically why she was, Uh, she was way more excited to see Gregory Hines, you know, right. And, and Art Carney actually. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. Everybody has their own favorite gag in this scene, it sounds like. <laughs> right. So uh, she pushes him against the pillow. She opens his lips in the front. And then it's, I think she says peachy. Is that? I believe so. Yeah. And then she says, no doubt about it. You have amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. That's just the punchline to the whole thing. Like, this is the way that we determine whether you have amnesia, no x-rays or MRIs or EEGs or EKGs or anything. It's just, just anything contorting your body. actually see the brain, the part that's affected by amnesia. Right. Exactly. Right. It's just yeah. twisting Although, different limbs. Like, I feel like nobody talks about this scene much and it's really funny, you know, like we're, we all keep talking about how good this scene is, but when you t- people talk about Muppet Steak Manhattan, nobody's like, I love that Linda Lavin. Dr. Cameo, you know? You're right, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure why that is. I, I, I will be, start. Because it's so subtle, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, and it's relatively quick. Yeah. And it's not... quick, and I think it leads, you know, there are so many scenes in the movie that are just so much more memorable, and, like, you know, I'm going to talk about it um, later, but, like, you know, when we, when I'm sure you'll ask me about, like, you know, all this, but, like, the stuff with Kermit as, uh, and I mean, spoilers, as a uh, uh, an ad man that comes like three minutes after this, I think is just so memorable and so yeah, yeah. funny that you yeah. kind of forget this stuff. Yeah, I think that's probably right. It kind of gets lost or upstaged. Um, but yeah, I, I have watched this with an audience at, at screenings and that line of... of no doubt about it. You have amnesia. That does get a big laugh after all the various uh, physical contortions. It's also just one of those things that just feels so much like it's, it's almost in a way, and obviously it's a very different line and a very different delivery. But I, I, I think of um, lady holiday saying like, you know, of course it has to go here. It's exposition. Where mm. else is it going to go? It's so much like, well, the movie needs Kermit to have amnesia. So the doctor has to find that Kermit has amnesia. So we're just going to say that Kermit has amnesia, even though it makes no sense at all for that to be what happened. Right. Or to be what we figured out. Yeah. In a funny way that the Muppets can get away with. But uh, yeah, when when I talk about this movie in the future, I will start mentioning the Linda Lavin scene. Do it, uh, man. I'm actually going to change the name of the movie to Linda Lavin Takes Manhattan. Oh, good idea. uh, Which actually (laughs) sounds better. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) um so uh she she goes on to say that the problem is that kermit was found with no identification and oddly enough wearing no clothing so she did some research into the major nudist colonies in the area and she thinks she's come up with something i I just want to know how do you do research like this into the major nudist colonies did she call all of them and ask if any of their patients are missing i mean any of their uh any of their customers are missing yeah, she looked it up in the yellow pages. Nudist colonies? Yeah, there's no N- internet. Nudist colonies. Okay. Yeah. 
And then she called everyone and asked if they had any frogs. Yeah. No, well, she doesn't think he's a frog. That's important. That's true. That's and true. That's, yeah, you're that's right. like the great joke of this is it's it's one of those things. And again, to, to reference like joke structure in Great Muppet Caper, it's like funny how sometimes people can tell that the Muppets are animals, but sometimes like they can't in the same way that sometimes they can tell that Kermit and Fozzie look different and sometimes they can't, Yeah, you know, like, because yeah, like Pete obviously knows Kermit is a a frog. He, he says it, you know, but like Linda Lavin seems convinced that he is a nudist, right? Right. That's the thought (laughs) that crosses your mind. Not that he is an animal. Like (laughs) animals frequently don't wear clothes. Like most of the animals don't wear clothes. Rolf doesn't wear clothes. Fozzie, you know, again, he's not a bear. He's a wearing a neck tie. Yeah, yes, but... exactly. Right. Um, yeah, actually, there's something um, I was going to mention at the end, but it di- one of the differences in the scene from the March 7th, 1983 draft of the screenplay, uh, the doctor says, uh, they found you with no identification and oddly enough with no clothes. We've called the police, of course, but frankly, there are a lot of frogs in the city and the police just couldn't help. And then after she says that, a frog wearing a sports jacket and carrying flowers sticks his head in the hospital room and asks for directions to room 510. And then that frog and another frog with long brown hair and a dress exit down the hallway. So I guess the joke there was supposed to be like, there are a lot of other frogs walking around the city and they wear clothes, but that seems to put an unnecessary uh, amount of scrutiny on the fact that Kermit never wears clothes. Yeah. That would be not funny. Like it would be too much. Yeah. And then, and then frog Rudy Giuliani would actually have to show up to, uh, (laughs) to clean up the frog crime in in New York city. (laughs) He he's just sick and tired of uh, frogs running around wearing no clothes. Yeah, although well, I well, there's been... there's too many frogs getting injured every day. It's, it's you know not safe for frogs. He was so worked up <laughs> about the the ferret ban that I'm I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he also hates frogs. <laughs> yeah, look that one up, folks. Un- yeah, un- yeah. Google Rudy Giuliani ferret. A weird time for New York City. Uh, shortly after <laughs> this movie, well, and of course at the time of this movie the mayor of the city, Ed Koch, was on record as saying that he will hire a frog who can balance the budget. So oh, yes, true. yes, we will see that soon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she she's pretty sure that she's discerned Kermit's identity. She says, you are Mr. Enrico Tortellini of Passaic, New Jersey. She's, she's very confident. <laughs> this must be the guy. And Kermit's follow-up line is again like you were saying about how this whole scene kind of feels like an unsung you know diamond and you know like secret secret jewel yeah kermit's follow-up line um can 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 i can i say it like please kermit's follow-up line of well i don't feel italian (laughs) is the funniest (laughs) line jim henson's delivery like completely deadpan and like all of just the questions that that like presents <laughs> being completely unaddressed. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like a human. No, it's 
it's the fact that he he would be Enrico Tortellini if he felt a little more Italian. <laughs> right, right, right. right, he, right yeah, right. he can't because he doesn't feel Italian. Yeah, he doesn't feel Italian. Um, so so my in in my household, the thing about that line is Roz, my wife Roz, doesn't didn't know that Passaic, New Jersey, was a real town. Huh. Oh, it is. She, she, I'm sure, yeah, right, right, and she knows that now. But as a child, she just thought it was like a funny joke name. And then as an adult, when we were watching this movie some years ago, she decided to turn Passaic into an adjective, which is an adjective that she uses often to mean like mildly offensive, but like mostly just outdated. Like, so like whatever the fat phobic or or gay panic jokes on friends are Passaic, both Passe and Icky, if you will. Uh, Oh, I thought you were going to say archaic. No, yeah, just like like it's passe and it's icky, yeah. but it's but it's, but like she's not getting worked up over it, you know. Right. It's just it's just passaic, and this okay. is like a word that she uses because she decided that that's what that word meant. Yeah, I kind of like so. that. It's it's a <laughs> it's a funny sounding name already, like you say, and yeah, she turned it into a, a portmanteau. I get like a retro portmanteau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds yeah. of stuff happening with that <laughs> that usage. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I like it. Um, I don't think I've ever been to Passaic, New Jersey. I've probably passed through it. I've definitely like driven through it at some point because I've driven all over New Jersey, but uh, I don't think I've stopped there. But, but to all our listeners out there in Passaic, New Jersey, uh, hello. Please let us know if you see Enrico Tortellini yes, anywhere. Yes, you see him. He, yeah, is, he is missing. We don't like, know if he was ever accounted true. for. That's true. Yeah, I hope he's okay. Uh, he should tor- have shown up at the wedding. Tortellini, yeah. that's, that's not... Oh, wow, naked, that would have been so good. <laughs> if naked, someone had showed up... A naked human man? Yeah, a, a, a celebrity cameo guest star, a naked guy, just shows up at the wedding and like, uh, I think I was invited. I'm Enrico Tortellini of Passaic, New Jersey. And who is it? It's... Uh, Ooh... Let's see. It's it's um 1984 Italian. It's probably James Conn. Sure. Yeah. I, would James Conn agree to do something like that? I don't know. But uh, no. Okay. It's I'd Alex like Rocco. Do... How about that? Who? Alex Rocco. He played he played Mo Green in The Godfather. Oh, okay. He gets shot in the eye. He was in like he was in like every sitcom in the nineties playing like an angry old Italian. Man. Okay. I'm sure I'd know. You, him you definitely recognize yeah. him. All right. Yeah. That works for me. So Alex Rocco as naked Enrico Tortellini of Passaic, New Jersey. Uh, but Tortellini, that's not a real last name, right? I mean, I, I, the, I've never heard it. And I don't know the etymology of the name of the pasta, but well, yeah, I should have looked it up. Does Wikipedia doesn't have an article on Tortellini. What? It probably does. Oh, here we go. I always forget <laughs> how many L's and N's are in it. And E's and I's. No, so it's it's just a diminutive of uh, um, tortello, which is a itself a diminutive of torta, or cake, or pie. Oh. Um, I don't know if it could be a last name, but it's not like it's named after someone. Right, right, right. right. Okay, well, that's good to know. This is a very educational Fun. show. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so the doctor just shrugs it off. She says it was just a long shot. She starts to apologize to Kermit, whom she addresses as Mr. X. Does a nice touch. And then that's where our clip ends. So um, I had just a couple other quick 
things. Um, oh, the other thing I had from the March 7th draft of the screenplay, as the scene starts in the draft, the doctor says, as I've told you, you have amnesia. And then Kermit says, I don't remember you telling me that. Which is kind of obvious, but a cute joke. Look, it's a it's a real old joke, but yeah. like if it's delivered well, the Muppets are certainly not above real old jokes. Absolutely. Yeah, I could have gone for that. Uh, and then in the Marvel Comics adaptation, there's... A... Ooh, that's in the other room. Oh, you have it too? Yeah. Yeah. There's a weird gag where the doctor tries to hypnotize Kermit. She says, repeat after me. He says, after me. And then she kind of looks, I think, at the reader and says, it's hopeless. And Kermit says, it's hopeless. And then she just snaps her fingers to bring him out of it. And they, they move huh. on. So That's a lot of panel space for a joke that isn't funny. I, yeah, it's four <laughs> right? panels. Yeah, thing, yeah, four panels for a joke that isn't funny. I mean, so. yes, I know it's a super special, but still. Oh, yeah. So you have the single <laughs> issue version. Correct. Mine is the, yeah, it was, I don't know what the chronology was, but it was printed once as a super special with the entire story, and then what I have is three issues as a limited series. We should compare. Which must which must have come first, right? The three issues. Uh, I, I don't think they were so. reprinted as as three. What's that the seems uh, backwards. publication date of yours? Yeah, so this is Marvel Super Special number thirty-two, ninth copyright nineteen eighty-four. Um, I'd have to Google when exactly, like what. Oh, what? it doesn't. It, doesn't it only says 1984. Oh, okay. But it is Marvel Super Special 32. Right. As long as we're talking about Marvel Super Specials, I have number 41, which is Howard the Duck. So Ooh, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's always funny to me that, like, the Super Specials, like, had all of these weird, like, I mean, Marvel Comics Super Special number one is a Kiss comic. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking this up. Weird stuff. And Howard the well, Duck is so, number 41. Oh, number 40 was Labyrinth. Good to know. Ooh. Well, the the third and final issue of the miniseries has a publication date of January 1985, for what it's worth. So the movie had already come out, I guess. By so the, this must have been first, then. The final this issue. Is, this yeah, is it must have been. 1984. Because they would want... I, I would think that they would want some version of it out before the movie was released to get people excited about the movie. So... Anyway, I'm sure uh, anyone out there could find uh, copies of these things on eBay or wherever they might look for comic book back issues. So, yeah, that's everything I have. Any final thoughts about this scene? Evan, starting with you. Uh, it's a simple scene, but like we said, it, it really holds up. Um, some great timing on the jokes, some great puppetry on the jokes, um, you know, it's, it's a quick scene with not a ton to talk about, but at the same time, it is very funny. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I was just, just occurred to me, there must be at least one puppeteer under the bed with Jim Henson, just working the legs, right? When he, when he, yeah, most likely. Legs, yeah, I so. suppose so. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, any final thoughts on your end? Yeah, just kind of glossed over this towards the end. Evan talked about how great I don't feel Italian is. Yeah. But. I really also think it's very funny that like that's good enough for the doctor. Like, <laughs> right, she's like she so proud to, to say say you're Mr. Enrico Tortellini. He's just like I don't feel Italian, and she's like, well, all right, <laughs> it's not <laughs> you. Know? you. I don't know that. Yeah, she's that not going to do any also. more work. She's not going to try to find a picture of Enrico Tortellini. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even right. recognize that this is a frog. <laughs> right, that's true. Right. Yeah, she might not be a great doctor, but. <laughs> that's true. 
Uh, so yeah, if that's uh, everything we have on these minutes, then Evan, as you know, we like to ask our guests, what is your history with this movie? Do you remember the first time you saw it, etc.? And how do you rank it alongside the other Muppet movies? So um, as as people, you know, who I'm sure I've mentioned this stuff on on Tough Pigs before, but like, I I grew up in a a Muppet fan household. Um, like asking, like, when did you first get into the Muppets or stuff like that would be like asking, you know, like, uh, other households, like, when did you start getting into the Yankees? Like, it's Mm. just something that like was just always on and always, always present. I love that comparison, actually. But at the same time, it's like, I don't have really that many memories of this particular movie the same way. Weirdly enough, I got into the Muppet movies a little later than the Muppet show itself um, because we had a lot of uh, tapes Mm. from when it was airing on TV. My dad would tape it. So um, uh, I don't have a ton of like childhood memories of this. And and I think that's maybe why I don't feel that strongly about it. Yeah. Um, It's definitely my least favorite of the uh, the Jim Henson era Muppet movies. Um, and that has not changed. Uh, I think I like it a little more than I used to, but I still would put it below. Um, for me, it's Muppet Movie, Muppet Caper, uh, Christmas Carol, Muppets Most Wanted, uh, and then this. And I think, you know, one of the things to me that I I always struggle with with this movie is, like I was saying, that it's a little, a little slower and a little more grounded. And again, I know that's a weird thing to say about a Muppet movie, but like in the scheme of, of Muppet movies, it isn't really like, it's such a weird thing, but like there aren't that many Muppets in this movie. Right. You know, it's really, right. This is a movie where it's just the core cast and me being the person that, that I am that like, loves you know all of the weird fraggle rock puppets that show up in muppet christmas carol and like I'm, gets I'm real going, I'm, I'm i'm going to stop you to remind our listeners <laughs> that i have a drawing by you of brule in muppet christmas carol framed in my home it's well, true yes, and that's because you wrote a delightful uh detailed breakdown of where all the fraggle rock puppets can be found in muppet christmas carol which i can link to in the show notes yeah, it's and like that's. I'll take a picture of this as well. Oh, there we go. There's, There's Brule. Brule, yeah, yeah. But um, it's it's like this is the movie that has that the least. I mean, this is a movie that really, for most of it, is just about Kermit and and Piggy, and yeah. that doesn't always interest me the same way. But at the same time, I feel like for me, this movie is like less than the sum of its parts and there are parts that i adore um the muppet babies segment like that song is amazing i know you spent like four weeks just talking about how great that song <laughs> Pretty is much. um <laughs> and like um the uh i i also like i was saying a little earlier i love the stuff with kermit on on madison avenue um my dad used to always go around going soap it gets you clean. Like every time there was, you know, he had to like refill the soap dispenser. So like the songs are great. Um, I, I was actually listening to the cassette the other day. Um, but, um, 
Yeah. So like, I love all of the different parts of this movie, but when you put it together, you know, I just can't help but feel like, you know, there's only two Muppet movies that don't have Sweetums in it. And this is one of them, you know, like it's, it it really comes down to that in a weird way. I like that. That's the deciding factor, but it is sort of representative of the fact that it's like, yeah, there's not the whole Muppet gang just being weird and crazy. Yeah. So what, so Christmas Carol is the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Although why isn't Sweetums at the wedding? He's not at the wedding. It's Hmm. he's not there. Uh, I guess for the same reason that he's not in Muppet Family Christmas either. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Did they? Mm. Or did the puppet were out mm. at a certain point? When did we see Sweetums next? After yeah, this? At Treasure Island. Oh, well, okay. no, he's not, no, he was on the Cosby Show. Oh, oh, you're right. Okay, yeah, and that was yeah, hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know then. That's ninety. That's yeah. is he in? And no, he's, he's in Muppet Vision. Right. Oh, he is in Muppets 3D. Yeah, right. you're right. He's not in um, Henson. Is he in Henson Hour? Like in the te- Monster Telethon at all? Um, you're the he, Henson you know, Hour I was expert. Think, yeah, I was thinking he was in the Food Chain song, but he's not. Dog, Dog Lion. Lion is it? Yeah, right? and Jump so, for Your Love yeah. is um is is Timmy, right? Tim Monster. Yep. Yeah. 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 I love no, how I don't think, I don't think even, he, yeah. huh. I don't think I know. Yeah. I, uh, what a great show. Um, yeah. I don't think. Sweetums was on the Jim Henson Hour. Wow. Huh. Where was Sweetums during these years? Maybe he just had to go, uh, maybe he took an extended break from the Muppets to go find himself or something. Yeah, it's yeah. it's still weird to me that he's not in Christmas Carol, but, you know, that's a yeah, story that's, for Yeah, that's very yeah. strange. Yeah. Huh. We'll get there. Yeah, we will. We, we'll, we'll do a special episode called Where is Sweetums? Where did Sweetums we'll go? I really do. We'll I'm, I'm talk, really curious about we'll that. we talk about minutes. I'm, I'm like mentally thinking, like, who could we ask who would actually know something about that? But uh, I mean, Brian Henson would presumably know. Yeah, if there were like they, they, they there must have been a, like a, a deliberate decision to use Sweetums or not use Sweetums in Christmas Carol. So yeah, well, and especially because Treasure Island is like by far his largest role like between in years the end between Christmas great Muppet keeper and like, he doesn't really have a role in know, great Muppet keeper. So it's his, it's his largest role. Like, no, I guess so. Yeah. yeah he, he just has that cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's weird that, but we he, has wound that up... he has a really nice, Oh, it's a good, he has a really nice featured moment, you know? Yeah. 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 But, but you're right. We, we're talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah, but but the, my, my again, I'm just using that as an example of like how it it doesn't have you know as much of like the the sort of chaos of like the big monsters and and you know and stuff like that. Yeah. Huh. And and again, like it's not it's not bad. There's things that I I, I absolutely like adore about this movie. I certainly can't call it bad. And you know. Sure. I would have I would have ranked it below Muppets 2011, but listening to this this podcast has definitely made me uh, uh, bump it up above. Oh, good! Ah, that's that's nice to hear. That's great. Yeah, and I I actually just came up with a theory. I think Sweetums ran off to look for Mr. Enrico Tortellini of Pasadena, mm. Jersey, because he was worried about him. <laughs> so Sweetums was outside the hospital door. Yes, and he heard this, and he's like, "Enrico Tortellini is missing." Sweetums was trying to cut down on frog crime. He and Caminello yes. were trying to to stop those frog criminals <laughs> together. Yeah. He, oh man, he ran over to you know he ran across uh, the George Washington Bridge to New Jersey, and uh, yeah, started looking around. 
and then he got I lost. Do, I love the idea. I love the idea that Sweetums and Taminella are just always friends. That like, oh sure, <laughs> we never, we ne- we never saw her again after the Frog Prince, but they're just best buddies. Yeah, they meet up for popovers. Excuse me, I saw oh. her again after the Frog Prince. She's in the Museum of the Moving Image. That's true. Which then oh, they she- are they are now open once again as we record this, so you can go see Is her she in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, I have a was photo of me next to her. Was I'll, she I'll... there when I was there? Right? Oh yeah, yeah, you, you saw her? her. Wait, no, you didn't. Oh Sorry. man. When did you go to the Museum of the Moving Image, Anthony? 2013. Oh, no, sorry. Did they have the temporary Henson exhibit at that time? She was not in the temporary exhibit. They added no, it her. it was temporary. It was temporary. Okay. So it, she that was, was sadly, it was sadly I don't remember seeing. I don't remember seeing Tamanilla when I was there. Oh, okay. Well. That's okay. Gives you another reason to come back here. Yeah, I saw, I saw like, uh, Charlie, Charlie Muskrat and Harvey Beaver, whichever, whichever order they go in. Harvey Muskrat and Charlie Beaver. One of those guys. I think Wendell is yeah. the only one who's there now. Okay, no, then I saw them in Atlanta. Then I saw those guys in Atlanta. Yeah, the other ones are in Atlanta. Wendell's the yeah. only one who's in New York. Yeah, they separated them. Yeah. Yeah. So where's what Emmett? Is? That's my question. Uh, he's with Sweetums. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, Emmett is not in Atlanta with the other two? No, it's Charlie, it's Charlie and Harvey. There's no oh. Emmett. There's no Wendell. Yeah. Wow, yeah, what a weird... <laughs> <laughs> it's tough I know, to be a Muppet. I know Wendell is in New York because I've been to the Museum yes, of the Moving Image yes, so Wendell, many yeah. times. I know exactly sure. which puppets are or aren't yeah. there. Yeah. Yes. And Emmett is singing um ah shoot. What song does Sweetum sing with Robin? <laughs> uh, two, two Lost, lost souls. souls. Yes, Emmett is singing Two Lost Souls with Sweetums. All right. <laughs> anyway. I do want to hear that now. Uh, yeah, yes. it's the identical voice. All right. Anyway, uh, that just about uh, wraps things up for this episode. So, listeners, please make sure to check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Our logo is by Morgan Davy. Our theme music is by Stacy Rosen. Uh, you can let us know what you think of this movie or this scene or a scene that's coming up by sending us an email at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. And Evan, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, sure. So mostly um, you can find me on toughpigs.com um, or I suppose on uh, at Muppet Houses, which I should be updating again. Yes. Um, but you can also find me on Twitter uh, at Uncle Petunio. That's all one word, and it's uncle, like the kind of fraggle who might become an explorer. And then Petunio, uh, like the flower, except with an O instead of an A. (laughs) And you can also hear me weekly on the Rollout podcast, which is a superhero actual play show. Uh, And you can find that at Rollout Rollout Podcast on Twitter. Great. Look, everyone go look for all those things. And also, I have been meaning to promote my Letterboxd on the show more. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist if you want to see a bunch of ramblings about movies I just watched. Look at you having a social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone follow Anthony on Letterboxd. So, uh, yeah, that just about does it. Listeners, if you don't mind, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever. We do uh, look periodically to see... If there are any new positive reviews, and it makes us very happy when we see that there are new positive five-star reviews. And uh, everyone, please tell your friends about the show and join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Goodbye.